Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Lydia, oh Lydia, say have you met Lydia? Lydia the tattooed lady. There, there was an epic spill at Celestia's. Yes. By you, I assume. Of course, by me. Of course. Well, of course. I, I, well, we're waiting. Well, uh, <laughs> months ago, okay. they, they've got it right near their kitchen table. They've got a bookshelf, much like that one there. Wait, 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 wait. What was that, Matt? That was a hiccup. All right. Wow. That was a. And they had a big, huge, heavy statue on there. And I said, you got to have to take that stupid statue down before Mulligan's wandering around because he's going to knock it over and that thing's going to fall on him and kill him. Well, I didn't notice who else was up there, so I was over there playing. And I I nudged against the bookshelf. And uh, one of those thermometers that's made of various glass globes with colored stuff floating in it. Yes. That fell down from the top of the bookshelf. Now, I am a klutz. Really? But... Come on, glass thing on the very top of bookshelf next to me? You're asking for it. <laughs> yeah, that was their fault for putting you there. Absolutely. I, I well, to, to be fair, How you, you should never put a glass thing on a very top bookshelf. It's just bad. Anything Why is fragile. everyone looking at the top of my bookshelf? <laughs> <laughs> well, well it's, it's really tall. Be, because I have, uh, I have heard things fall from the bookshelves. So... Like, it fell down to the floor, of course. When nobody's around. Broke open and Ugh. sprayed across. And I think only one of the little globes inside broke, but it was one with the red, so it looked like we couldn't tell if it was bleeding or not. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, fortunately, they got, you know, uh, fake hardwood floors. They got those, you know, those floors oh, so kind of puzzled together. That's the, well, that's why I changed the carpet out of this place. Yeah. Knowing that you were coming here on a regular that basis, was smart of you. So yeah, it was clever. Yeah, but the front room was always the. Uh... They don't need to know that, Jeff. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but you know the, uh, <laughs> you know the water that the, the that stuff is floating in. Yeah, it isn't water. It's oil. It's oil. Yes. Yeah. That was hard to clean up. Oh my god! But you at least think? it was a hard. It's floor. always fun to clean up lots of oil with glass slivers in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> when there's a baby and a dog in the room. Jeez! <clears throat> yeah, keep up in the stakes. <laughs> it was a. You know, although I, I hope, I hope I got Rob super laid because Rob and I did the cleaning up. Okay. And while Celestia sort of washed from the side. So, you know, two guys cleaning up her kitchen. That's like porn for women. <laughs> what was she keeping the dog and the baby at bay? Yes. Of course. How big was this? The the, the glass thing that broke? Yeah. I, it was probably 18 inches long and um, oh, wow. two inches across. Yikes. Yeah, it's but a, the only a lot of oil. But the only internal one broke was the, the red, red one. one, as far as I know. Yikes! <laughs> but all the oil, now, all the oil, which spread, of course, as they kept creeping across the floors. We're trying to. Now I just want to. Ver- you actually knocked it off. I did. Okay. You okay. were reaching for something, I assume. No, I didn't. It, I, I just. It I, was right. It, it, it was, was right behind me. Right where he. Don't was. lean back when you do that. <laughs> it was right behind. Yeah. Except that here the beholder would fall and swallow his head. So yeah, that's true. actually it'd be all right. Why is there a Cheeto in the be- beholder's mouth? Because the beholder is hungry. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 471. <laughs> I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check, Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we're here to talk weak and geek and Andy's proclivity to clumsiness. Actually, I've, been a, I've gone a long time without spilling stuff major. I, mean, I, I was not the one that spilled the wine on the secret Hitler. Um,. And it's been a bunch of spills. There was I like two or one, three spills. One time, okay, one time, and that just but, negates oh, everything you've done. Red wine, red wine on the secret envelopes. 
Oh. Marking them all. Oh wow! Yes, no, only three. Significant. Nice, nice. You're you you are fucking just putting words in. It didn't. It marked three envelopes. I didn't wreck a whole deck building game like you did. Remember Todd's DC deck building <laughs> no, game? No, we, we managed. We managed to uh, wait. What? We managed to save the no, Street the, Fighter. The guidebook. The instruction what? booklet. He destroyed I one of your games. I had to buy it. it from you pretty much. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. the wine. The wine did get on the instruction manual, but it dried in such a way it actually made the instruction manual look like an so, aged document. Which there you actually go. Was I pretty cool. The game. I improved the game. <laughs> See, that's how professional spill it. Uh, that's right. But he, did, he did fuck up the envelopes, so. And those have to be. They always have to be identical. Though. They have yeah, to be they, identical because so you don't so know what's in them. buy 10 identical envelopes. Right. Did you do that what? yet? said, spill the wine. Dig that They girl. have to be identical so you know. So you don't know who's getting what. Yeah. yeah they don't but, have to be identical. The car. Oh, my God. I know where he's going with this. Yeah. <laughs> he, let's point. <laughs> idiot, right? He's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> he's a he's a brilliant idiot. Not when the heat is due. <laughs> Wait, is the game ruined or not? No, no. Okay. Just use the envelopes. Just the envelopes and the instruction manual. Okay. No, but the instruction manual looks like a nice aged document. <laughs> you just said that. I did. <laughs> it's rum, it's rum, rum cake, and I managed to uh, wipe the uh, the wine off of the individual pages. It's not a bug; it's a so, feature, apparently. Oh, yeah. Geez. So we we saved the manual, but the edges where the the paper is not glossed um, soaked up the wine a little bit, made it look like the aged edges of a beautiful. See, improved. Yes. So, gentlemen, we got the fork. Didn't do anything. You, how do you know what I'm going to ask? <laughs> okay, what geeky things you do this week? <laughs> yeah, you didn't do anything. You never do anything. Andy you and played. I wrapped up uh, Luke Cage. Yes, and I was wrong. The the uh, it does have a major change in it, like the first one did. It got so so much better in the last two episodes, and it was brilliant before that. Mm. The last two episodes okay. are like their own movie, like two hour movie on their own. And wow, just amazing! Because season one kind of falls apart at the end, right? Yeah. But this one it just gets better, and it ends. It, it's funny oh. too because it does end on an interesting note. Oh, it would have been and so you're like, good. "Ooh, I'm gonna see what it's gonna be like next." Oh, oh. No. Yeah, I definitely set up some stuff that would have been yeah. amazing for the next yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy uh, Punisher season two when it comes out. You, oh yeah, because you're not we gonna get much of. Still got to do afterwards. Daredevil. Yeah, the last is it the last two episodes? That's the last one. I think. There's almost no superhero stuff going on in the last two episodes. Oh wow! It's all it's 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 all it's character stuff, mob stuff, and character oh. stuff. It's all uh, weird, dark character arcs where yeah. you're watching all these characters change, and you realize that they've been setting it up from the beginning. And it's like, oh man, woof. Mm. Plot and plots, nice St- raising the stakes. Ugh. I did finish House of Cards. Wait. The, the, the show you were mad at? I had to finish it. I, I, <laughs> what was it? This is the fifth season and final season? Yeah. That's this, what, this Kevin, that's what Kevin said. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Didn't Kevin Spacey just get arrested recently? Yes. No, he's, he's, in, he's in court. He's in court. Oh, it's in court. Okay. For another one. <laughs> of course not, not the Anthony Rappi or whatever the fuck. The other okay. one. There's another one. So this is the final Christopher Plummer season. No. He no. wasn't in it at all. Oh. No, what did yeah, I, they just Plummer replaced him in the movie. Oh, okay. 
Boy, yeah. I, I, I got those all. The, the movie All, all the Money in the World, which I saw and talked about on the show. Wait, wait. Kevin Spacey became a plumber? How bad things go for him? Oh, it's, it's bad. It's bad. Get worse. No, no, no. It wasn't as good as previous seasons because his character was amazing, but fuck that guy. Anyways. Did it make the show that much harder to watch? A lot of it people did, said no. Sorry? To f- fuck that guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gotta give you that one. (laughs) Gotta give you that one. All right. And he said yes. Exactly. That's the thing that makes my skin crawl. If they say yes, it's consensual. It's not an issue. But I mean, that stuff working. Just. What? Wanna fuck? That working? No. Just grabbing them by the. Oh, grabbing them by the junk? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bold move and not a smart one. You heard it here first. <laughs> Listen, you can do it and hold the highest office in the land, okay? Right. Geek shock. <laughs> sex ed. Jeez. All right. So. What other geeky things to do, please? I like to yawn and stretch myself, mm. and then your arm just kind of ends <laughs> up, Jeez. you know, right on their junk. And you go, oops, didn't mean to. Yeah. Stop putting your hands on me, Kay. <laughs> I just got to demonstrate, Jeff. You uh-huh. see if... Uh, and he's like, damn, I wish I was in the middle. <laughs> Should, uh, Lucky Pierre, man. Well, I, I had to make up for lost time. I saw three movies in three days. Three movies? Woo-hoo! Three movies and in three, three days. days. I almost did a back-to-back, but I saved one for today. Um, I saw uh, Aquaman on Saturday night. I saw uh, uh, Bumblebee on Sunday night. And then I saw in- Into the Spider-Verse tonight. All right. So or this afternoon, I should say. As we will, we're going to make good on the promise. At the yes. end of this episode, we are going to talk spoilers for both Aquaman and Into the Spider Verse. Sure. But uh, spoiler free, if if you want to uh, chime Spider-verse. in on these. Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Can you can you spoil Bumblebee since somebody else is going to watch it? I was going to say Bumblebee. I think people should go see. If you like Transformers, especially if you like Uh-oh. the cartoon, no. go see it. Because no. they definitely tied the uh, the Bay universe into it, okay. but there was definitely much more care taken to connect it to the original animated series, kind of for the uh, you know the, I will the say Transformers fans. That's what more appealed to me in yes. seeing the the advertising for it because it's obvious that they're going for the old school Transformers. Yeah, they did it in such a way though that it doesn't negate the Bay universe. It kind of ties the two together. Like, you know, they starts off on Cybertron and then ends up on Earth. But uh, I will say this though, what I thought was fascinating when I was done with the movie, I'm like, wow, there uh, there was more story and more character development in this one film than in, uh, what, five or is it six previous Transformer films? Does that mean you've seen all six of those? I didn't see the last one. The last night, I think it was called. We call that part of the problem. And mm. the only reason I saw the other Mark Wahlberg one was because I was at home one day and it popped up on HBO. And I'm like... I got nothing better to do. <laughs> I, I, it, was, it was kind of morbid curiosity. I just kind of wanted to see. It's like, you know, when you watch autopsy things, you don't necessarily uh, want to see a body cut open but you're kind of curious to watch autopsies no, ever i have it's it's disgusting yeah but think. at the same time somewhat yeah, fascinating somewhat fascinating as well but yes um it's all that that moose cutting up he did in school right no it just doesn't bother me no 
<laughs> no, that's the Florida talking. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it. I uh, I was kind of surprised because I didn't know what to expect going into it. But uh, yeah. I, I've heard from many. This is the one to see. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of story there. There's a lot, of, like I said, a lot of character development. Like you actually become you know come to care about you know the the girl that finds Bumblebee and and her family and you start to care about the character of Bumblebee and you know you know what caring about a character in a Transformers movie that's yeah. already a huge step forward yeah exactly exactly you know you know makes the character sympathetic you kind of understand why he is the way he is in the in the bay films you know but uh, anyway, yeah, I recommend go see it. All right. Any spoiler-free talk about uh, Spider-Man or... Uh... No, we're, I have yet to go see I, it. I, I know, there's... but there's people that have not seen these movies that no, we, want we... our opinions. Go see them both. There's a lot of great Easter eggs in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first to admit, I don't know the entire Spider-Universe of comics. If you don't follow Spider-Man... This there's, movie will teach you how much you don't yes, know about the Spider-Man exactly. universe. That's what I was just going to say. There's a lot of things that I that I caught, and I guess there's at least equally as many things that I'm like that just went over my head. But there's a few moments in there where you're just like, you know, it hits you right in the feels. And you're oh, just like, mm. yes. There's a couple. Well, in the spoilery talk, I'll I'll, sure. I'll reveal the one that that hit me hard. But uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. There's uh, there was a lot of good stuff to see. And then uh, Aquaman. I really enjoyed Aquaman. Yeah. I thought uh, I like the way that they they took the, the Wonder Woman movie, setting it, you know, before Justice League, and then how this one kind of spins out of Justice League without necessarily being directly tied to Justice League. I like the world that they created. That's um, a good point. That does, it does clearly take place... Post Justice League. Well, yeah, she. You know, there's a line in there where yeah, she, she says, mentions it, like, you, guys you know, beat you defeated yeah. Steppenwolf, and we're like, oh, okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it doesn't. Yeah. I think she was talking about the band. Oh, right. okay. it was a battle of the bands. Oh, and, okay. oh shit! Sorry, spoilers. Oh, it's too late. <laughs> I fucked that. Dun, up. Dun, I have to go back dun, and edit dun, this one. But uh, but yeah, I uh, I really liked it. I I thought they did a great job of making a a character that. Could easily have been done hammy, making the character cool and I thought we weren't talking enjoyable. about Spider-Verse. No, I'm okay. talking about Aquaman. And I'm not talking about Spider-Pig. Thank you. Spider-Ham, Peter, excuse me. Peter Porker. All right, so we're going to talk more about this later on. Yes. Deep. Uh, but uh, all Deep three cuts. movies get a big thumbs up, at least. Yes. I can only speak for two of them. Actually, yes. I can only speak for one of them. But for, I, what I hear about uh, Aquaman is great. I did not see Aquaman. I loved the color palette. I will say that. Yep. That's spoilery on, on Aquaman. Because, you know. You can bring me into a movie with a good color palette. Uh, you know, you you would think a lot of, you know, like a lot of stuff you saw in the commercials is kind of muted, kind of, you know, you're like, oh, okay, it's undersea. It makes sense. Things are going to be dark. And then the way they presented why everything was so bright and colorful undersea, it, it totally made sense. And was visually very appealing. Oh. So. Lots of fun. Yes. So what other geeky things that we're not going to talk about later did you do this week? I went to CES, but I'm not a real good reporter on it because it all just sort of overwhelmed me. It's like, wow. So much stuff, so many pretty objects. You've been to CES before. I've worked CES before. I've never had a chance to wander around it. So that was cool. 
what are some highlights for you? Uh, there was a whole section of drones. There was a whole game section. It was a bunch of um, uh, one place had little uh, tabletop sized old games. Like it was like Dig Dug and stuff, but it was you could put it on top of your table. But it was a cabinet, so it was just, it was like like a mini cabinet. It was like a mini cabinet, but you know, for maybe two feet tall, and they had cases you could put. So you could put it on your table and play it. Okay. And then they had really small ones that were you know like six inches tall. Hmm. And I, I and they as part of their display in, in the back room, they had a bunch of old uh, video games. So I played um, Rolling Thunder, which I've not oh, probably wow. played in twenty years. Oh, uh, yeah. I wanted to see. I, I've only seen video of it, but I would have loved to have seen in person the uh, the mechanical version of Pong that they had playing there. I have video of that. You have video yeah. of it, but I mean, it's one thing to see it on video, but it's it's really damn impressive. It was impressive. It's, it's all mechanical. Okay. But plays like the video game. You have your you you turn your is it it's a turn panel or is it uh, the uh, it was turn yeah it was a it was a knob I think so I yeah I also saw so um, it makes the paddles move left and right. How big is this table? It's um, table size. It's it's like the original table tabletop. It's even bigger than that. Is it yeah, bigger than that? Maybe four or five feet long. Oh, okay. There were a couple different sizes, but uh, I also saw a robot that was playing ping pong with against, against a human. That was pretty impressive. I heard about that. That's cool. Yeah. I think that was there last year too. Okay. Uh, a lot was of, it winning against the human? Or yeah. Or Every oh, God, that's time. it. Yeah. Skynet, here it comes. Yeah. Starts the ping pong. Yeah. I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> I rode the monorail for the first time. Did we- you? Weirdly enough, I'd somehow gotten this far without riding the monorail. It's been here, what, monorail. 10 years? Close to, yeah. It's more, more than, than 10 years. because it was. Uh, you guys went on it when the, at the... Uh, yeah, they had the it. Borg open, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the parking, of course, is abysmal at CES. Yeah. So I parked at Bally's and hopped on the monorail. Straight in. Yep. Perfect. <clears throat> That's That really is the way to go. Yep. Especially for something as big as CES. The Comic-Cons that come to Vegas aren't so big that you can't park somewhere. But CES, they're using the parking spaces for CES. But over the, at for Bally's, displays. Bally's, the parking was ample. So. And the insider tip to, huh? to get back to where you're going, mm-hmm. go all the way to the Westgate monorail stop to get on the train to go back south. Now why is that? Because if you're trying to get on after leaving the show floor... Mm-hmm. To get on the train going southbound, there's a long wait. Oh, to get the crowds! On the yeah, I, I actually took off early because I knew the crowds were coming. Because I didn't have any, I didn't really have any major purpose. I was there for the magazine, but the magazine covers the people that put up the displays. So I just you know, was looking at what the displays looked like, not so much of the stuff that was inside them. But yeah, the monorail is is really the best way to get to and from CES. It just really is. And for locals, it's a buck each way, <laughs> right? Well. Gamefly sent me Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I, I've poo-pooed it in the past, and for good reason, because it is microtransaction heavy, and it is also stunted a bit in order to get you to buy microtransactions so you'll build up your character faster. I've heard you complain of, about this before. Right. This is, this is one of the grindy games that have been released in the last year. Uh, but it's got a fun story I, I can't deny that it's a it's a fun entrance into the assassin's creed universe very very open world uh, some things i really like about it is it brought back the ship to ship combat that was in the uh, black flag yeah, assassin's I was say, creed they had you at ship combat didn't they i loved that in black flag yes you did that was amazing and 
because this is earlier, it's uh, it's set during uh, Odyssey Age of Greece. Um, so you got like the the Tyremes going, like the yeah, you're you're. You, you got people in the rows. Okay. When you're ramming a ship, that means you're rowing your guys faster. And you're launching arrows instead of cannons and that sort of thing. And javelins and javelins on fire. But that ship-to-ship combat works very much in the same way the other ones did. And that was what was really fun about that game. So that I'm glad to see that back. Uh, now in... Black Flag was kind of open world, though. And that. so is this. Okay. Very much so. It's yeah. in the southern part of Greece, so it's in a lot of the islands. Now, I played the one that's supposed to be the worst one, the one that takes place during the revolution. Yes. And the, the ship stuff on that was was not very good, as I recall. I don't even play, think I played that one long enough to even get to the ship okay. stuff. That's how bored I was with that one. Mm-hmm. But this one is interesting because you're inserting yourself in a war between Sparta and Athens. And there are various areas of the map that are controlled by either Sparta or Athens and as far as I can tell you can side with one side or the other to increase the effectiveness of either army or and vice versa so I'm still pretty early in the game I'm still discovering things there's some very classic Assassin's Creed stuff about it sneaking into forts and taking down the defenses in order to get to bring the main guy out because you have to get everything low enough to bring him out to to assassinate him and whatnot. But uh, it's a somewhat compelling story. Hmm. Uh, I wasn't all that compelled with the last one, the one that takes place in Egypt. Uh, it's, it, to me, it was just going from one location to the other and doing a lot of little side quests. Uh, but this one, this story is kind of engaging because you are the son or daughter of a Spartan that uh, sacrificed you over a cliff and you did not die. And that's all I'm going to really say about that because to go any further is spoiler. But can, that's can, can I assume that you the other dead babies on below you broke the fall? Uh, it doesn't go into that, ah. so <laughs> I don't know. At least it hasn't yet. Maybe it does because a, a lot of this is told in cutscenes, uh, flashbacks. So I could have a flashback still to come. I'm like I said, I'm it. still pretty early in the game. Mm. I'm waiting for it. Assassin's Creed 40k. That would be great. Fuck yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down. Fuck yeah. Start cross-licensing everywhere. Assassin's Creed. That's right. Star Trek. So, Assassin's Creed. Lord of the Rings. Wouldn't it be Sa- Assassin's Creed Section 31? So, yes, it's a bit we grindy. We got that. Uh. Yeah. It is a bit grindy, and it really wants you to spend money. But so far, I haven't felt so compelled by the gameplay to say it's, it's, I need to do it to make this game fun. So we'll see how it goes as it goes along because I got thrown into that BS with that last uh, uh, Middle-Earth Shadows Over Mordor. So yeah, it has its issues, but it is fun. Speaking of 40K, Matt, what's your opinion of 40K Funkos? <laughs> oh, he didn't you know. son <laughs> of a bitch. Kay. He didn't know. <laughs> well, I told him on Facebook. <laughs> well, no, you sent me the text. I don't check Facebook, remember? Oh, that's right. That's right. I that's why he text. sent it to you on Facebook. <laughs> he sent me the text, and I was like, shit! <laughs> so, I, yes, I will be I, I will back. be purchasing at least one. I'm just kind of upset that there's not, like, an Ultramarine or something like that. Yeah. That's what. Um, what, are the, what are the wolf guys? Oh, wow. I'm supposed to be the 40K guy. The gray wolves? 
No. Uh, space, space wolves. There we go. Space wolves. <laughs> space wolves. Space wolves. Space, space wolves. wolves. Yeah. Oh. In the dark, grim future where there's only war, one of the army factions is space wolves. That's right, because they come from a frozen planet. And space. You yeah. say space, space I say wolf. Space wolves. You, you play space wolves if you want to play Vikings. That's what they are, space yes. Vikings. Yes. But my, <laughs> I, I will be purchasing whatever comes out for Funko 40. They got me now. So I, I, I can't remember who on the Shock Monkeys page put on there. They should release a blank one so you can paint it. Holy would, shit, yes. I would buy that one so hard. Yes. That might have been Bean. Might have been. Might have been. I'm not I don't sure. know. I don't remember. But it was awesome. Good suggestion. That is Send a great idea. Funko. That is a great idea. Yeah. Why? They should do that. They really should they, do that. Uh, what were they called? That's the essence of 40K. The the Domi. M- Moonies. Or the Domi or something like that. It was a really old, old version. Not No, not a version. But it was, it was similar to the Funkos in terms of it was a little tiny plastic figure that was kind of cartoony. And they actually had it, it, it actually came out blank so right. that you could do some customizing. Do you remember? I remember they were out there. And okay, yeah. That was a I think they're still ago. available, too. Yeah, probably. Probably. But yeah, they, they uh, man, blank Funkos. I, I, can, I feel like they buy got, something no, very they much. They do like, have blank Funkos. Yeah. The custom Funkos. Just. Oh, you want the, the Warhammer to paint? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. different for so, Todd. So, yeah, make a Space Marine with. Just the, just a blank. Pre-primed. Yeah. Pre-primed is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Not only release it, but release a pre-primed. Where you go? You know there what you this go, is Funko. for. You know what this is for. Go paint it. <laughs> Are you going to be purchasing the 40K Funko? Fuck no. I don't care much for Funkos at all. But I, I might, know what but, I'm doing in September. But I might get a blank one. <laughs> now, this is what I want to see. I want to see someone out there get a whole bunch of a group and actually create a 40k army of Funkos and play it with rules. (laughs) That's a big table. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. Either that or you're playing a skirmish game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Kill team's probably more the game. (laughs) (laughs) Even then, that's going to be pretty big. But still, I mean, you're just going to have, let's face it, they're going to be Primaris. But, you know what I'm talking about with Primaris, right? Of course you do. Oh, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, yeah, Right. But, yeah. I, I'll, I'll buy the blank ones, but if, if they release a line of, this one's the Iron Fists, and this one is the... Eh. Oh, they... they Well, okay, so they're going to see how the good... Watch. They're going to see how good the Space Marines do, and then they'll start launching the other factions. Yeah, they'll do that's the Blue Smurfs, do. the Ultramarines. And that's... That's the given, but I don't know where else they'll go from there. Orcs? Possibly. They'll repurpose their World of Warcraft line. (laughs) (laughs) Repaint. They will. That's what will happen. So what else you do, gentlemen? Andy took me to a strip club. I did. Well, that was nice of you. Mm. What was this? (laughs) (laughs) I can pry you away from Paulette for that. Yes. <laughs> Friday a, night. A Friday night. I, I came home and I just felt Kay needed a break from the from it's the like, titties in your face. Let's go and not mine. 
<laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Matt's a, really proud of that fair cop. I, I'm proud of him for that one. That's just... <laughs> I'm assuming Kay is bringing it up because the, the, the one he angered, I mean, uh, was talking to. Oh, yeah. Um, what? Oh, wait. Yeah. Wait. She was like, give me a drink. And you're like, okay. Oh, yeah. all right. Give me another drink. Except like, I didn't say okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were... We were tapped out. I mean, it's not like we had a, sure. an indulgent. Night. We went for a drink. Yeah, and well, of course, and of course, at I'm, a I'm place a- like that, that's plenty of money right there. Very true. But um, that'd be forty dollars. As we were <laughs> close, as know, as yeah. we uh, were ready, you know, okay, yeah, I'm done. You know, let's saddle up. Two sat down. Just just came, grabbed chairs, and sat down with us. And, you know, they're partners. They're like friends outside of the club and everything. And, uh, wow, we lost Jeff. And I don't know. Oh, ho- you'll bring him back mi- in in a minute. He's holding that mic right to his, to his left boob. So. I was biding my time to comment on the, the club uh, unofficial rules. But, no, go right ahead with your story. Wow, okay, good. Mr. Like, no, no, he's he's going to okay. come back with the corrections. But go yeah, ahead. But she, so they sat down and they started talking to us. And actually, they were they were good conversation. It was fun. Uh, one girl was talking about her whole business plan and <laughs> and what she's got, uh, what she's shaping up to build and everything. And you know, they almost all of them got some kind of plan. So you're like, oh wow, and every, but um, she was like aggressive. To ah. the to the point that oh what was it twenty minutes of talking yeah well, as we were actually we were getting ready to get up we were literally down. about to like scoot the chairs out and stand when boom she plopped down and then her friend joined her and um uh then she the first one got up for a dance they have names well I are you uh, keeping you, it quiet for him okay that's I, cool sorry. <laughs> Codename glitter. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, really. And and holy crap, she was athletic. She was she was one of those who would go to the top of the pole and spin down and she, oh, okay. she'd do the you know that flop land when they land in a split? Oh wow. blammo, you know. I mean she and she did do a lot more than most of the girls were doing. She was definitely the, making the argument for putting making pole dancing an Olympic sport. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. And the other one was uh Bodacious. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And she had dimples. Didn't have too. to rely on athletics. <laughs> Not as much athletics, but although she, she didn't did have some athletics. Okay. Yeah. So uh the the first one, the younger one, goes up and does her dance. I go up and give her, you know, a dollar because hey, I sit down. That's about all you have left. You know, and it's like, okay, yeah, exactly. And it's like, all right, we're about ready here. Uh, you know, Andy and I are like trading, like, you know, okay, it's about time glances. She comes back, they talk for a little longer, and then she goes, So, let's get some drinks and play. And I was like, Ah, uh, you know, we actually were on our way. We were about to stand and leave when you guys came here. Ah, but we're here now. And uh, she would not. And Andy, Andy pitch. Andy's being guileless, uh, guileless, kind Andy. No, no, no. Seriously. We're all tapped out. I promise you next time we'll come by. We'll we'll get dancing from you. We'll buy you a drink. But right now we're just honest to God. We're all. And, and she's just like, well. And she finally went with. 
And her friend was laughing it off. Her friend was a little more pragmatic about everything. But she was like, well, you know, you could at least pay us for sitting here talking to you. And uh, we were like, we literally don't have any cash. Well, there's an ATM that accepts yeah, credit cards. Next. And it's like, next. holy crap. And... I did that one time in in the in the strip club oh, ATM. Oh, Never again. Oh my god! I looked at the fee. I was like, oh, hmm, dude, thirty five dollars. What? Dude it's, oh. dude, it's fucking insane. Yeah, it's pretty. They bad. know that they've got yeah. you, but um, some regular of hers walked behind me or something because she looked up at him and waved, and then she got up. And uh, oh, she, I thought she just stormed off. I missed that. Okay, yeah. Good. Well, she did because she didn't say goodbye, thanks, have a good night. Nothing. She just got up and. Vroom, Went to him. <laughs> Nothing more she get while, from you. While her friend was, her friend was really nice. Was. She was really cool, and she's all like, "Well, thanks so much, guys. You blah 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 da 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 da. You know, well, we'll see you later. Blah blah blah." And she went off. So, yeah, I pissed her off because I stood my ground. But I well, mean, what could you do? You didn't have the money. Yeah, exactly. And uh, fortunately for me, I don't have a credit card. So, yay. Um, but man, it was like holy crap. She uh, she was aggressive, and that was where I was like, okay, she does have a plan, and she is going to make her business because she's there for the money, mm-hmm. no mistake about it. Well, they're so. they're all there for the money. I mean, yeah. But the important part was it was definitely a change of pace. I definitely broke the nice. patterns. It's good, nice. To think yeah, that I was, was going to call you and play Gloomhaven. I'm glad you did something <laughs> better. That's good. We were waiting. Wait, which trip would you go to? We went to the Minx, yeah, which Wait, used I, to be Babes, which used to be Baby Dolls. That's the one right by my house. Oh, okay. I, I know right which right one you're corner. talking about. Yeah, it's been like four or five different. Oh, things. yeah, it was funny because there were a couple girls who'd been there for a few years, so we talked about you know the different iterations. Because I will go. It, it's funny that physical space as a strip club has been there so long. I will go two or three years in between visits, and I've gone numerous times. So huh. I, I still remember uh, the owners are Arab brothers, and I remember going shortly after 9-11, and they had had American flags put up, and they were just, you know, they wanted to make it very clear that they didn't agree with everything, you know. And I remember talking with the girls about that. And then a few years later, I'd come back, and the name would change. A few years later, this space became a sex toy store. A few years later, that space was no longer a sex toy store. Now it was a sports bar. Then, oh, yeah. Half, they, the, half the bar yeah. is... Those, keep, those guys just keep changing the place. One half of the bar is, is a strip club that has changed, been relatively unchanged, I guess. Relatively. And the other half is this space that right now is empty. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll propose a game store. How about there you that? go? Yeah, game store oh. there. Oh, strip club and game store. Ooh, I, I told you the done. weirdest combination I ever saw was in Boston. You, you can get some tabletop. Say and it get right, some Andy. Tabletop. It's Boston, but Boston, if you want it that way. Uh, we were driving through some industrial area, and there was a combination strip club and laundromat. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually not that uncommon because a lot of times <laughs> truck drivers. Well, I was going to say, a lot of times, the people buy the building that own the strip clubs, and then they f- put other businesses in there so that they're always getting some income. Yeah. But, a, but a combined... Well, you got to wait anyway. Yeah. It's not like it was a laundromat next to a strip club. Andy. It was the same building, and the, stri- the laundromat was... You, you walked in the front door, and you went through one door to go to the strip club, and one door to go to the laundromat. Oh, a coin-op. Wow. A coin-op. 
Well, well, of course. Yeah, I'm what, surprised it, what, it didn't what, take dollar bills. Yeah. hey <laughs> yeah. And the girls in that, there. That'd be funny. The, the girls are all the pissed are because the, the truckers machine. are slipping quarters in there. That's all the machine had was oh, quarters. Oh, I have seen guys throw quarters at strippers, and they do not care for it. Yeah, they, yeah, they they do instead, not. instead of making it rain, you're making it hail. Think of think in Canada, like okay? Think in Canada. Our smallest, why. our smallest bill is a five dollar bill, so it gets very expensive when you go to the strip club. It's like five dollars. Yeah, yeah, but it's Canadian five dollar bill. Yeah, but no. isn't five dollars Canadian only like a dollar here? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep laughing it up. Really? Oh, you'll get there too. Don't worry. You're throwing a toonie. You're throwing a loony. They're like dodging it. Oh, you guys really man. throw coins? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's it's expensive. You're like, here's five dollars. I'm tapped out. Because I saw it once, and the guy's like, "You're an evil master. Why would you do that?" It is an insult. Yeah. yeah. I um, I I have to admit that place. It was the the strip club scene has changed. It was like Cheers to Boobs. Yeah. I mean, wait. How, okay. There were there was like a a table of like a dozen people, half of them lesbians, butch lesbians who were having a grand old time. I mean, they were really working the girls and they were very popular. These ladies know how to party. That yes, it was it was really really weird and it was funny because they're like the they were sort of like that um uh, Larry the Cable Guy joke. It was like the Oak Ridge Boys with titties, mm. but um, they really, they really worked the girl, the the crowd, oh, the the I girls working and everything. And hey, monkeys, had- this isn't the conversation you expected. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've lost all our female listeners at this point. No, no, we're in Vegas. Come on. Yeah, but <laughs> um, so so there was that contingent, and then you had the old men. Lumberjack beards, plaid shirts, and cowboy hats, who were coming up, and to, and it wasn't even like it was a country bar, and the music ran the whole gamut. The last time I was there, it was all hip hop and R and B, never anything different. And this night there was Spanish hip hop, and then one dancer put on Ramstein. Oh wow! And oh, yeah, that's awesome. and they 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 did metal, and they were all over the place. Was that, was the one, that the one that sat? No, it was a different one. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, that, she came by to say hello, but she she picked up on the uh, we're not. Um, yeah, she recognized the poverty in her eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when she's going by, she's like, "Those aren't pigeons; they're right. dead." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> if there's one official rule I could impart to anybody ever interested in going to a strip club, do not go to a strip club if you have no money, because you will upset somebody pretty quickly. Yeah, we did. It was okay. We survived. She didn't key my car or anything so. <laughs> that you know of. What's that supposed to mean? I don't say anything. All right. Did you key his car? Are you going to blame it on the stripper? Yeah. Okay. The last time I went to a strip club was when I went with you, Jeff. Yep, for my birthday. For your birthday. And so I, I am I am green when it comes to strip clubs. That was the second one I've ever been in. It was really? only the second one? Really? Yeah. Man, there was a and time. And the one I did before that was with my girlfriend at the time. So that's my two experiences. When I turned 18 and I found that you could have beer and naked women, I was going crazy for a couple of years. Now I poke my head in every few years to see what's going on. So so I, as a green strip club goer, how much money should I bring? If About 100 you're, bucks. If you're not bucks. planning on getting any dances, 
bring enough money for drinks and to tip the girls that are on stage. Yeah, hundred bucks. Because at the very minimum, you should be tipping the girls on stage. Because if you're just there having a drink and enjoying the show for free, that really upsets a lot of the girls. Yeah. Now I had so I had a fistful of ones, so I yes. actually was going up to the to the tip rail and uh, dropping tips. <clears throat> but um, in term the prices holy crap jeff those prices oh yeah it was like uh for a private dance in the private booth one girl gave us the breakdown it's like 120 for 20 minutes and then it like scaled up i can't remember how it scaled up but every club's a little bit different yeah but but by by the time you hit an hour it was like 400 bucks which is I'm I'm just totally that's actually pretty cheap because some clubs it's um, it's like a thousand dollars for an hour, and you have to buy like a two or three hundred dollar bottle of something like it's, it's, oh wow it's, yeah it's, it's I'm pretty insane. sure you can get the you can go out to Pahrump and get laid for now on that I will yeah, say yeah for anybody Pahrump? that's willing that's wanting to go to like the VIP Pahrump? rooms if they don't have a hard fast price thing on there talk to the girls because sometimes they'll negotiate down with you. So. Yeah, I've heard I, I, I've heard stories of not me. Well, not me. Either. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, I like I like that. Not that's, me. Not me. Depending on your story, I'll add the not me okay. as well. <laughs> that's <laughs> a wait, weird. Wait, I've, I've heard, heard to hear. stories. Hashtag uh, yes. not me. So you get the hundred. <laughs> <laughs> we should start that movie. <laughs> Hashtag not me. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, we need that. Guess. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So mad. Anyways. Anyway, not you. It wasn't me. Not me. It might have been Jeff. Wasn't me. All right, Shaggy, continue your story. And about I died upon it. Wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> Why you get you get the right chick? They'll actually do more than just. I'm just gonna stop it right there. Wow. <laughs> what? What? Wow. Like we're not talking Pahrump over here. <laughs> It's really funny because I know that Vegas clubs kind of have, it's funny, tourists have that impression yes. or idea, but actually, yeah. Vegas Ma- is... Majority of the girls do not have any intention of doing anything back there with you other than giving you your lap dance, getting the money from you, and then moving on. Yeah. They, it, 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 now, they don't need to. That's not to say that it does not happen, of because course. it does. I know there, it does. There, there are instances. What? Wait, what? It wasn't me. Hashtag what? I just know a good buddy of mine who likes to do has, that kind of stuff. Has not happened to me. However, I have had girls that are friends that have been strippers, and they have told me some stories. None that I will repeat on the show here. But there Hashtag are certain. Hashtag wasn't us. There wasn't are some, us. That's there the are next some one. Girls, wasn't us. Yeah. There are some us. girls that will do the extra mile to get, you know, another 100 or $200 out of you. Yes. I think the whole but it's a thing. very small minority is is what I I think if I can impart that to anybody it's like don't go there expecting anything more than to get a lap dance and have maybe a good conversation with somebody and some drinks period I think That's, the whole point of this bizarre conversation movie is this yeah. probably from a different podcast I think Kay may have brought it up because of the tattoo which he never mentioned no I didn't bring it up <laughs> oh. The girl had a great it, tattoo. This oh, yeah. one tattoo. girl, yeah, Spanish girl, and oh, uh, um, uh, the one that sat down, the one who's oh, angry at you. Oh, you're talking about that the tattoo. The geeky tattoo. That, that was one of the it was other a geek ch- podcast. That was one of the other uh, 
in new things about the strip club scene was the tattoos because there were a lot of girls with a lot there in fact women without tattoos were rare yes it was it was tattoos were all over the place and there was one girl who had this really sharp etched kind of like a phoenix on her uh, her hip and leg and it was a really cool a uh, very very clear tattoo it was really really awesome and then the other one is actually the angry one the angry one had falcor oh really yeah yeah there's a lot more geeky tattoos oh i think it's just um reached the 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 age range for the the ones that work at the club that it was a falcor that went down from her from her rib from the bottom of her ribs to the nearly her knee yeah that's a big falcor that's a big falcor yeah 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 but I've I've seen you know video game tattoos, I've seen yeah. Harry Potter tattoos, and just tons I've of seen, tattoos. Yeah. I mean, it. That's it, part of the reason I stopped know. going because I'm just not into tattoos. Yeah, you but. you biker bars. I remember that's when you saw tattoos on dancers, and now it's like, I mean, these girls, some had full sleeves. Awesome. You know, it's just it was amazing. And I've seen a few that yeah. it's like. You know, from the neck down, it's just all tattoos. Yeah. Lydia. Yeah, really. Lydia. Have you seen Lydia? Lydia <laughs> that was funny. We had that conversation in the um, in the, the strip club. In the Hendertucky strip club. And uh, and I said... <laughs> Andy, you there's... You laugh, but there's liquid yeah, on the floor Yeah, there's now. liquid on the floor, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Sit up! <laughs> Uh, you know, you know what was a culture oh, shock to me coming to Vegas, What's and um, the 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 not the um, babes or whatever, but having alcohol and them not being fully nude. There's, oh, there's only one in town that can do that. I know, but, grandfathered license. But that's unusual. Where I'm from, yes. it's you can have alcohol and they're fully nude. Canada, he's talking about Canada's. Yeah. You can do that. <laughs> Yeah. Where I'm from, on Not Green Valley Parkway, <laughs> there's... <laughs> that right was weird to the me. old that Albertsons. Was to me. Now it's just like a topless bar. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. When I, my very first one I went to, like, all those years ago. Yeah, most of them are topless bars because there's the belief that... You're just going to run up drinks, there and just freaking hammer the... J- yeah, well, <laughs> no, there's the belief that after a few the drinks, f- the hands start getting wandery and... You then know. you get turned into a pretzel by the eight foot guy well, that's watching over you. That would go uh-huh. into some of the other stories what that happened? I've heard, but uh, from from these girls, wasn't but. me. The most uh. <laughs> <laughs> the most mind blowing uh, of that kind of thing was in there was a thing like ten years ago in New York State. They made a they they had imposed like a alcohol rule and something or other on strip clubs and stuff, and they fucked up the law and. Through a loophole, 16 and 17-year-old girls could dance. It was illegal because they fucked up how to phrase the law. And they actually had like an emergency session of the state assembly to change the law because one guy, at least one guy opened up a club and had 17-year-olds dancing for a brief time. It was insane. Wow. It was insane. But they, I mean, they dropped the hammer on it pretty quick and got it closed, but it was really funny because how the hell do you, how the hell do you fuck up a law that bad? <laughs> have you ever read a lot of state legal laws? Because yeah. some of these have been 
so poorly written and have, well, that's true. have remained on the books for decades and when nobody you, when knows you cut about stuff them. out and put stuff back in yeah over and over you end up with, end up with things that aren't really sentences yep <laughs> it, well then you got the crayons on the side and like yeah but we're gonna yeah, have but this. It, it's a law you don't just cut and paste and then oh, they do vote yes <laughs> so, that's but, what you think <laughs> yeah but anyway um yeah, so it was fun. At 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 one point, at one point, uh, there was one dancer who who sat, and it was really funny because she was sitting in my lap, right on top of my phone, <laughs> as there was a text conversation going on with some friends. So my phone was constantly. Oh, uh, she's like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was just, and it was like, uh, he did say, "That's my phone." And and then and then. At, yeah, and she's like, "Ooh, I, 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 I hope it is," you know. And then, and, and it was funny. I'm like, "I'm sorry." There's pe- my friends are talking, and she's like, "Oh, I think your friend should call you." And, you know, <laughs> it, she was really funny. She had a great attitude. So after a while, she got up. She was sitting at the bar, and Andy's like, "I'll be right. I, I'm, I'm gonna go get another drink." Okay, Andy goes up there, and like I see Andy sit down at the bar, and I see the girl I was talking to get up and walk, and Andy has this huge shit-eating grin on his face and he had bought a lap dance for me so she came over and gave me a lap dance buy one for me i bought it for him oh, yeah and, and, he, and he did he totally, he totally looked like you know cat got the canary he's like mm, yeah. i believe it have it, i got an adventure for you oh it was funny it's funny so next week on Strip Club, we'll uh, talk. Yeah. anything else geeky you do this week, gentlemen? Oh, come on. That was great. It was great. <laughs> I enjoyed that. That was a fine bit of conversation. I can't deny it. <laughs> Listen, Todd, it wasn't us. No. It <laughs> <laughs> I'm just surprised for a change me. it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag not, not me. Has, hashtag not 80s Jeff. <laughs> anything else, guys? Oh, uh, God. After I that? Else. Yeah, I, I got... No. Yeah. Those you don't give a shit about. Ah! Amazon's online film database, IMDb, launched an ad-supported streaming video service called Free Dive this last Thursday. That's January 10th. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. It joins other services that rely on ads instead of paid subscriptions, such as Roku Channel, Vudu, FilmRise, and YouTube, which are competing for your eyeballs. The subscription-free platform is carrying a number of films and TV shows, including Fringe, Heroes, Quantum Leap, Caprica, Memento, Johnny Mnemonic, Battle Los Angeles, Urban Legend, and more. There are also several original video series available, including The IMDb Show, Casting Calls, and No Small Parts. Freedive utilizes the vast store of data in IMDb's disposal through its X-Ray feature, which offers information and trivia on the cast, crew, and music, and more of whatever you're streaming. You can watch Freedive for free uh, via IMDb website or Amazon Fire devices with more mobile options to come. So that was not so bad. It's free. It's ad-supported. Yeah, I was looking up the Luke Cage stuff, and it looked weird and different to me today. On, like, on IMDb? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea because I'm not. It, this article wasn't very clear on what how this X-ray feature works, mm-hmm. but if it works, I'd assume kind of like a pop-up video kind of thing where text pops up with trivia about whatever you're watching. I uh, loved pop-up I, videos. Yeah, that was so good. I yeah, I can that. get behind that a lot. Mm-hmm. You have X-ray on uh, if you have an Amazon uh, tablet and you're watching a video on there, 
if you tap on the screen while the video is playing, it'll give you x-ray features. Like you can look up a, you can basically tap on the name of an actor or a movie that's related to this and it'll take you to sure. a page. And, and they have that also in Kindle, but some, right. some are x-ray enabled <laughs> so that if you highlight a specific character, you learn more about that character based on that book or previous books or a certain place. So yeah, that kind of thing pops up, but it's something that isn't like a pop-up video where I'd want where I could just engage this and it will come up automatically as they are suggested. It's something that you have to go it's, in for yourself. Yeah, it starts it tries to stay unobtrusive so that unless you're you're physically tapping on the screen to bring that up, it the screen just stays with your video. Now, it's, if you tap it and does it like stay on and continues telling you new things as you go or it, do you have to keep tapping it every single time you want to see something um i think you have to tap it every time you want to see something because it, that it i'm just, not interested in. well it's just like the controls like if you tap on the screen the controls will pop up and you can pause something but after a few seconds it fades away so that the only thing on the screen is your video i haven't so. seen this but it seems like something they'll be able to do could do now or they're close to doing if you had your movie on your tablet <clears throat> it'd be cool if you could tap on the actor in the in the on the screen to pull up information about them. Well, like when you tap on the screen, it brings up information for the any of the actors that are on right, the screen if, at that you, given if time. If you tap on the screen on the actor and say, "Like, oh, I want to hear about yeah. this guy," and who's this guy in the background, and that, who's this guy? That that would be a lot of screen mapping. <clears throat> yeah. It would yeah, as that, people move across yeah. the screen. What I'm saying like, is, it's oh, you just use facial recognition right, software. Right. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> sure. I don't maybe. know. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's quite there yet, but I suspect that'll be something that happens eventually. What I'm saying is I love text commentary, and I want to see more of it. All right. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. That's what it comes down to. News you don't give a shit about. NBC Universal revealed that it's preparing to launch a new streaming platform. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you broke Matt. <laughs> I did. He's no longer angry. Now he's just gone into like oh. raving lunatic laugh. Shouldn't it be Comcast, NBC, Universal? <laughs> Apparently that's one step too many. With the scant early details indicating that it will be free to people who already pay for cable and available via subscription for those who don't. NBC Universal says the new platform's free tier, the one to cable subscribers, will be ad-supported while the subscription-only version will charge the access fee uh, the official announcement says that the new service will include quote homegrown original programming in addition to pulling content from nbc universal's large content library including quote some of the world's most popular television and film franchises but no early word on to which properties could land uh, also a quote from their press release consistent with the company's long-standing strategy to distribute its content broadly NBC Universal will continue to license content to other studios and platforms while retaining rights to certain titles for its new service. I believe they do have a percentage stake in Netflix. Uh, yes, they do. They have and the majority well. stake of Hulu. Okay. NBC Comcast Universal has a majority stake in Hulu. And the new platform. why you'll see, if you have Hulu, you'll see the majority of the programs on there are ones that appear on NBC. Oh, but it won't now. Once they launch this, they'll start taking it away from Hulu. If I like can find a appropriate wall, can you please do the conspiracy, crazy conspiracy uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, streaming service uh, wall for us at some point? Oh, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Got to find a wall. The new platform is slated to debut uh, early 2020. So one more piece of streaming service. 
That was it, that's interesting too because one of the uh, Keep things that uh, was it the FTC and the SEC when they were interviewing Comcast for their purchase of NBC Universal, they said, "Are these you know are do you have any plans to launch a streaming service, a subscription based <laughs> service that would have all of your content, meaning you would take that content away from other services?" And they said no, and it seems right. like this is like the first step in leading to that. Sure. I mean, yes, they still have a a huge amount of programs that they put on broadcast television, but this does seem like a first step towards saying, if you want our vast catalog of television and movies, you have to sign up for our subscription service, just like Disney's doing. Yeah, there it goes. Oh, you mean they lied to the uh, SEC? Huh? Hmm? Oh, they all do. Oh. <laughs> who, did th- who saw that one coming? Right. Yeah. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about... Less than three years after the theatrical release of Out of the Shadows, Paramount is planning to reboot the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cinematic franchise once again. Of course. With Michael Bay's Platinum Dune still in control of it. Uh, I have so <laughs> lost track. How many reboots is that? That's not this many. This would be the Two. third. Yeah. So now it's going to be the third. That's yeah. Much fewer than I thought. Now, well, that you're thinking of well, TV. Yeah, it doesn't include any TV property. This uh, is just movies. Yeah, because there's been... F- Three or four different TV series based Something on like it. that. I think four. Well, they have the original movies in the eighties, mm-hmm. then the Megan Fox ones, and now this one. So this would be the third series of movies. So this is the third. <coughs> I so think it's te- the third. Technically, it'd <laughs> okay, be good. the second reboot because it's the third series of movies. That's true. So Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird's Turtles were brought back third. to the big screen. Twenty fourteen's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Character's first live-action romp in 25 years, 21 years, sorry. Uh, directed by Jonathan Lesbin, who did Battle Los Angeles, and produced by Michael Bay, of course. That was the, a good movie. The reboot wasn't particularly well-received, but it made enough money at the box office for Paramount to greenlight a sequel. Out of the Shadows, directed by Earth to Echo's Dave Green, was released in 2016 and introduced more iconic faces like Casey Jones, Krang, Bebop, and Rocksteady, but made less money than his predecessor. Uh, no director has been chosen to helm the reboot as of yet. Mick G. Yeah, that seems appropriate. <laughs> that seems just about right. That's that's a place I wouldn't mind that he went. <laughs> that first movie, the first Megan Fox movie, wasn't great. I, didn't... I did not see the second one. I think I started to watch it and go, this is goddamned awful. And I turned it off after like 15 minutes. There's a it pretty just... good scene of Megan Fox in... A pair of jeans. That's the only reason to watch that one. I just it's. <laughs> I don't know. My my impression of it Hashtag was that it wasn't us. It devolved into a lot of teenage humor jokes. And yes, I get that they're teenage characters, but yeah, it just it it like seemed like one endless fart joke basically. Yeah, they need more boobs. They should go for the R-rated teen comedy. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles go to Porky's. Oh yeah! Oh, wow. I'll bring that hard edge Eastman Laird flavor back to it. Yeah. See, that's it's a the thing. Art. It's like, yeah, if you're going to do, it's, it's it's like all of these others have spun out of the cartoon. Yeah. Yes, they have. That was on TV in the 80s as opposed to the actual comic. Do they have colors on their bandanas? Then, yes, it's based on the cartoon. Yeah. And because, uh, yeah, I remember reading that comic because uh, my friend Jorma gave me that comic he's like he's like i know you've seen the cartoon but he's this is where it all started you really should read this and i was like holy shit this is different completely different news you don't give a shit about 
Netflix has been slapped with a lawsuit from Choose Co. LLC. I heard about yep. this. Or Choose, I think it's called Choose Co. It kind of looks like Choose Seco. Uh, it's the publishing company that acquired the Choose Your Own Adventure trademark from original Must be Choose Co. Then I'm thinking so. From the original, or they're Polish. From the original owner, Bantam Books. Once Romanian. the books went out of print and the rights became available. Yeah. Founded by a publisher and author of the famous CYOA publications of the 1970s and 80s, R.A. Montgomery, who passed away in 2014, Chuzco resurrected the brand in 2006. Chuzco's complaint, uh, filed against Netflix in Vermont's federal court, states that 20th Century Fox holds the development rights for an interactive series based on Chuzco books. While Netflix did ask for similar rights in 2016, it did not end up receiving permission. Quote, Chusco and Netflix engaged extensive negotiations that were ongoing for a number of years, but Netflix did not receive a license, reads the filing. Or at least on one occasion before the release of Bandersnatch, Chusco sent a written cease and desist request to Netflix, asking Netflix to stop using the Choose Your Own Adventure mark in connection with its marketing efforts for another television program, unquote. The complaint references a certain scene near the start of the movie where the main character, Stefan Butler, explicitly tells his father that he's reading a Choose Your Own Adventure book. Uh, based on this claim of alleged infringement, Chusco is seeking $25 million in damages. According to The Hollywood Reporter, which first broke the news, Netflix will likely defend itself by pointing to allowances for descriptive fair use. This is not the first time that Chusco has gone to court over the use of Choose Your Own Adventure. In 2007, Chusco filed a lawsuit against Daimler Chrysler and its marketing campaign for the Jeep Patriot. Uh, BBDO Detroit, Organic, and Marvel Entertainment were also lumped in with the car company as defendants. Uh, per the Hollywood Reporter, the case was eventually settled. So this is all about Bandersnatch, right? This is all about Netflix now, Bandersnatch. Is Bandersnatch actually somehow a choose-your-own-adventure video? Ju- that's, that's just it. If, if According to what I just, just read there, they're not suing them because it's an interactive movie. It's that line. It's, that was it's said. because the guy's yeah. reading a Choose Your Own Adventure book in that movie. Yeah. Any judge will throw that away. They don't like, have seriously, a leg to they stand on. They don't have a leg on. to stand on. It, it, yeah. If I own Choose Your Own Adventure as a company and another company had my product in their show, I, that's free advertising. Which, except I, in this case, highlight by suing it's them. just spoken word versus actual product placement okay. from what I can understand. I will say the by my the article there. Facebook feed has been full of people talking of praising Bandersnatch and um, um, Bird Box. Yes. So I haven't watched either of those yet, but sure. I better. You see those people doing the Bird Box challenge? A bunch of morons. Was, God, anyways. They deserve the death coming to them. That's, yeah. all, that's all that is. One caused a wreck the other day? Yeah. Yeah. Doing what? Car crash. A Driving with her eyes closed? Yes. No, with a blindfold on. Or in this case, I think she had her shirt pulled up over her eyes or whatever. What do you think was going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> in that case, I, I've won that challenge already. <clears throat> oh, my God, Andy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? I, um. Yeah, I, I know. I stepped right. Yeah, yeah you yeah. did. <laughs> I was driving when you gotta back. you got to go, you got to go. I was driving back from Ely. No, Elko. That's your own Ely, fault. Elko. I still confuse the two. I was driving back from Elko. It's easy. Um, but I'd only give myself enough time to get to Ely, which is much, much closer than Elko. 
what? Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> so he finally was like, ah, fuck it. And he put his shirt over I had his to head. Do, I had to do too much and too little time. And I was, I was exhausted. And I'm driving to drive eight hours back to Vegas. And I was driving down this big, long, straight road. And I was getting warm. And I tried to take my sweatshirt off. And he got caught. <laughs> and it got- but of course it did. Oh, you John Candied. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. So what did you do? I hit the brakes as hard as I could safely and held the wheel solid. And when I got the sweatshirt off, I was in the wrong lane, but I wasn't off the road. <laughs> and I, I have promised since, since forth to not drive when I'm that tired that I can't make <laughs> rational decisions like not trying to take my sweatshirt off over my head while I'm driving. <laughs> How is your house not a smoldering? Oh my god! I, I, I tell you, it's 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 Andy. Like, the luck of Andy, like he just like he he must have uh, rolled a natural twenty on his luck roll. If there'd been a zombie apocalypse, I would have taken out several zombies. Oh, okay, yeah, really. That's my luck. <laughs> or I would have got the the guy who has the immunity. <laughs> like boom. <laughs> yeah, I'm just glad that. He's Bantam, alive. Bantam Books. Oh. Going back to the story, that Bantam Books wasn't this dumb litigious back in the era of Choose Your Own Adventures. Mm. That they because there were a lot of spinoffs. Oh back yeah, then. The, or, uh, all sorts. The, yeah. the, the, the which way books. But, there's yeah. the yes. Find Your Fate books. There's the copycats. I should say not much better spinoffs. There's the Fighting Fantasy game books and the, the Lone Wolf books. There's the, all sorts <laughs> of said right. that. Oh, this is a good idea. We're going to do it too. But Choose Your Own Adventure was the king of them all. I ordered a lot of them from Scholastic Book Club. That's right. And wow, got, Scholastic. And I, huh? and I read a lot of them at my local library. But uh, yeah, and so but this company buys them in 2006 and uh, relaunches it, I guess. First time really hearing about it. Maybe that's part of the issue. Mm-hmm. This, this gets them some press to, yep. to attach to Bandersnatch. I really liked him in Doctor Strange. Yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. God damn it. Weekend Geek! <laughs> what was that for? Matt, what did I do? I don't know. <laughs> I'm wondering the same thing. The character of Captain Philippa Georgiou, played by Michelle Yeoh from... Yay! Yes! Woohoo! From, Yay! From Star Trek Discovery... Diversity. ...is receiving her own spin-off series... In a deleted scene from season one, Giorgio was recruited to Section 31, a top-secret shadow organization operating within the ranks of the Federation. Is Sloan going to be there? Uh, s- sorry? Star- Agent, Agent Sloan. From Star Wars? No. Section 31. Oh, okay. You're going Agent to- Sloan. Oh, okay. D-Space 9. D-Space 9. This right. is like 150 I know. years before. Was- <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Agent- he- he's, just show- he's just showing off his knowledge. Yeah. That's what he's a- Agent Sloan is one of my favorite characters in D-Space 9. Yes. Keep to the subject. Talk about strip clubs. You, you just spilled again, didn't you? Andy. What? It's the same the can. Verge. On the floor, by your feet. The can is empty. <laughs> oh, wow. <clears throat> yeah, so leave it there. And Jeff is just like staring I, at it. I put it on so I wouldn't knock it off again. I was empty. <laughs> I, I'm sure somewhere Vernon is rolling his eyes at this news. Uh, Captain Georgiou's spinoff focuses on her exploits with the Shady Group. Produced by Alex Kurtzman, CBS Television, and Roddenberry Entertainment, the show will be penned by Discovery writers uh, Bo Yin Kim and Erica Lippelt, 
The two scribes are also locked in as co-executive producers alongside Aaron Baders, who's also produced Discovery, Salvation, and Limitless. Uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 2 premieres this Thursday, that's January 17th, on CBS All Access. The new season will introduce two familiar faces, uh, Spock and Christopher Pike. Mm. So so for those of us who uh, didn't uh, pay uh, 18 months to watch one month of uh, shows, what's this... Uh, <laughs> What's this? That wasn't me. I only paid for three months to watch. Hashtag not him. <laughs> uh, you'll have to watch Deep Space Nine. For Matt, that. on the other hand, you know uh, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. To uh, to actually talk back to Deep Space Nine. That's what I've been doing uh, quite a bit. A lot of watching Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine. Mm, uh, love I, it. I, I'm rolling through it. I I never completed. You it. were I, watching I, Deep Space Nine. Oh um, my god. That's how really, long really have you been watching it? That's pretty good, Avery. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I, I recently finished the 50-year mission, the complete oral history of Star Trek Next Generation all the way through the J.J. Abrams verse. And fantastic read. If you're into Star Trek history, it's hard to beat because it's, it's one of those all pieced together from interviews from everybody behind the scenes. And I really like the section about Deep Space Nine and all the stuff they attempted to get away with and a lot of times did that kind of the creation of serialized television before it was popular and yeah because they had voyager going on at the same time and they were finishing up next generation that's where all the studio heads were looking well it's because voyager was on upn and they were really pushing to get upn to be the new big network and that was the flagship show yes exactly it's going to launch this new television channel. And DS9 was still being syndicated, so... So nobody like, was paying attention to DS9, so yep. they were able to get away with some shit. Yep. And that's yeah. where Section 31 came in, because up till then, Star Trek never really had a dark side. And that kind of introduced a dark trick. Now, hmm. those who have seen Star Trek Discovery know full-on that Star Trek has a goddamn dark side. The Federation yeah. freaking... They poison an entire race. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's some heavy-duty shit. Yeah. So, uh, but because I never got that far in Deep Space Nine, and it's been ages since I've seen it, I, I'm started at episode one, and I'm now three quarters of the way through season two. So, right. Um, so I, I've been moving and grooving with it. Season one, um, Avery with hair is rough. You gotta wait till. Well, you that was that was Captain a, Hawk. That was no. a producer um, decision because he wanted to go shaved head like he had been I'm not doing. saying that I'm just saying his character and the, how he oh, talks yeah, yeah. and no, all that yeah. like it's rough it's yeah rough. They, it's obvious they did not know what to do with Captain Sisko when they yeah. started that show all yeah, all, they, all they, the sto- all the good stories are about Quark yeah and uh, and well, not, they thought, not even Odo they didn't figure out Odo yet yeah they yeah. they uh, sure. they were sure. I think they were banking a lot on this whole emissary thing and it just really wasn't it really wasn't going anywhere and uh then he shaved his head and got the goatee, and he was badass. And we got Captain on. Hawk. And, yeah. and you see him become real comfortable in that character around that time, yeah. too. Yeah. Because it's it's obvious he is not comfortable in Cisco's bones in those first two seasons, at yeah. least. Yeah. Hmm. And, and yeah, like you said about Quark and Odo, I mean, once they started developing, and Bashir and O'Brien. And O'Brien and his family, there was a lot of concentration mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. But it was around fourth season, around the time that uh, they brought in. Oh yeah, Wharf. Brought in Wharf that they were started to really branch out into some really good stories. That's when I started liking Wharf, 
I mean, you know, data, and and I'll tip my hat to Patrick Stewart for his performance of Picard, but I'm not a TNG guy. It was it but, was kind of odd seeing Warf, Warf kicking ass instead of getting his ass kicked. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that was like the big complaint with with Next Gen is like here's this big badass Klingon warrior security officer that is constantly. Get, in fact, they even mentioned that in Deep Space Nine uh, when Odo calls him out for all of his failures, and then. And then, of course, lays into about his successes as security officer. But, uh, yeah. That's also about the time that Ron Moore joined the show. And Ron Moore, of course, went on to create Battlestar Galactica. Right. So he took basically what he learned from that part of Trek. That he wanted to do much more serialized stuff. He kept getting, getting stopped. And so he took all those ideas that he had already presented to Star Trek D Space Nine and kept them and went... Battlestar Galactica and did that instead with it. Neat book. Read that book if you can. So now we have Philippa Giorgio getting her own series. We have, of course, Star Trek Discovery. We have Short Treks, which is little shorts. Yep. We have the animated series uh, Lower Decks. Yep. And the And the part. So that's five Star Trek shows for all access. I got to say, some of these Trek fans just really annoy me. Uh oh, because it's like it, it, there's so much now. It could be like what Kirsten has said with like you know the negativity based around you know um, you know fake bots and stuff on Twitter and so forth, trying to give uh, you know a voice to uh, you know basically the loud minority complaining about it. But it's like uh, well, there's a, there's a great meme that's going around. It's like it's like Star Trek fans, give me more Trek. Also, Star Trek fans. This is not Trek. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I, I, no, you know what it is? I you, liked Discovery a lot. I did. I People liked are it. tired of the going back, going back, going back. They want the primary well, line. They want the, they but want they're getting the after that nemesis. Too. They want after nemesis. And they're getting that too. And people are already bitching about that because um, Kurtzman, uh, Alex Kurtzman recently revealed that the storyline for the Picard series is going to spin out of the loss of Romulus that was the trigger point for the 2009 Star Trek movie. And a lot of people are like, oh, it's J.J. Trek. It's like, that event happened in the Prime Universe. And that was what caused Spock to go into the alternate reality where you got the, the Kelvin timeline. So... That happened. That was established. That that, ha- that that Romulus was destroyed, and now the basic, basically, the Romulan Empire is gone. But you have Romulans scattered throughout the galaxy without a home, much like the Vulcans in the Kelvin timeline. So people are complaining about that, and it's one of the one of the best ones I saw was it as uh, it had um, Bart Simpson writing on the chalkboard. It's like. Romulus was destroyed in the prime timeline. Romulus was destroyed in the prime <laughs> timeline. But it's just, I, I just, I get so tired of all these people that, these are the same people that are like, we want more Star Trek, we want more Star Trek. And I heard that for years. Even people that I have known for a while that, you know, they're just, you know, complaining all the time about Discovery. and All and they a, do is and complain. A, and it's like, you're getting the very thing that you wanted. And now you have almost like no recourse but fans. to complain about it <laughs> yeah. because it's not exactly what you wanted. People, 
did that with next gen and then eventually warmed up to it and then you next know gen, same thing ds9 with, voyager yes, every yeah. cycle but so, that lately it's just become this vicious <coughs> excuse me this, the, the the viciousness yeah of it is just blowing my mind welcome uh, to the internet age star yeah. trek oh, social di- media you know age. star trek Discovery on a lot of people calling it Star Trek diversity. <laughs> oh, the only problem yeah. I have with Discovery is the Klingons. That's it. Well, and then yeah. apparently, and you explain this at the Italians Indies. Yeah, and apparently they're going to resolve the Klingon thing in this current season. The Klingons are going to look more like okay regular Klingons. I just, but when I look at them, I see reptilians yeah. Indy. That I can't get sure. that out of my head. And then even going back to Star Trek the motion picture when we saw the Klingons for the first time, yeah. everybody's like. Wait, these are Klingons? Yeah, these these are don't Klingons. look like Klingons for the. Yeah. I mean, they even pull that in Deep Space Nine. He's like, "Those are Klingons." It is a long story. We do not talk about it. I mean, it's the perfect way to yep. resolve that. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, and what kills me is like you have a lot of people that are working on Discovery that are Star Trek fans and really, 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 really trying hard to stay true. To what Star Trek is, and you know, try oh. to maintain I'm the continuity. I have two things wrong. Sure, spore drive. Well, I guess apparently at some point they'll address that too. Well, the yeah. lawsuit's addressing it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna be gone here so, shortly. But uh, I mean, yeah. you know, there's a lot of little Easter eggs in Discovery that if you're a Trek fan, you're like, oh, look at that, that's neat. I, you know, I know this leads into something else. Um, you you want to see some Star Trek? That's a uh, was not written by Star Trek fans, watched the first two seasons of Enterprise. Yeah. They intentionally hired non-Star Trek people yep. to write that. They write, They hired a lot of people, and for, hired for people from uh, cop shows and traditional dramas and so on, and then that's how you got those first two not-great seasons of Enterprise. Yeah, and then you got, um, you know, at the end of season two of Enterprise, uh, they brought in a um, new producer um, whose name escapes me right now, and was a Trek fan and had been working on 24 at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, I understand serialized television and I understand what you're trying to do, but here's some things we really need to consider doing and was able to, you know, season three was already mapped out. So he had to kind of roll with season three and try to, you know, put little bits of influence in there, you know, and then turn it around into season four, which four, five, six, and seven could have been spectacular for Enterprise, because it would have led us up to the Romulan War, it would have led us into the founding of the Federation, like the final season of Enterprise could have been about, you know, the forming of the United Federation of Planets, but they weren't given that opportunity, even though they were moving towards that. So, I mean... Yeah, it didn't become uh, until its final season what it should have been from the beginning, Yeah, and even the producers of that show admit as much. Exactly. But, I mean, just, I don't know, I just don't get all the Discovery hate. It's like, you know... Every iteration of Star Trek has changed a little bit, with the probable exception being of the spinoff of Next Gen to DS9, DS9 to Voyager, because those were all set in the exact same time. So even though they had to make little bits of differences, like for Deep Space Nine, they really had to kind of establish what was Bajoran technology, Cardassian technology, etc. They still had to kind of say, okay, well, here's you know, the look and feel of Federation technology, you have to bring that in, and then we have to do something different. And then Voyager, well, they're like, well, this is what Federation technology looks like. How can we build upon that? 
but every other series has had to kind of you know establish itself in its own way. One of the hardest things, and this kind of talks to this issue of why don't they do the old Trek stuff? When they were writing Voyager, one of the biggest problems they had was finding new stories they hadn't done yet. Yeah. I mean, DS9 had its own kind of special thing, but Voyager was going back out to, you know, exploring as they're returning home. And every so often they'd get, because Star Trek's always been an open pitch thing where they take stories from right. outside of their writer's group. But every time they receive stories from within the group or from without the group, they'd say, we can't do that. That was done on original series, uh, season two. Nope, that was done in Next Generation, season three. Yep. They, and it became so heavy, the burden of all this continuity behind them, right. that they were hamstrung with stories they could do going forward because it had already all been done. Yeah, exactly. And that's why they went with Enterprise as a concept. And so now that Star Trek Discovery, I wasn't ex- knowing what to, wasn't sure what to expect, but it was very new. It was very different, and I love that as a launching point. Right. Because based on what they've shown us in Discovery, here's a whole new set of stories we can tell now. Yep. Whereas if you go back to post-Nemesis in the movies, you are then burdened by 700 episodes of Star Trek. Yeah. And you can't retell those stories and yeah. without fans going, oh, that was already done. I mean. But you can retell those stories in Discovery just just to see the angle of well, where you're going with it. No, no, well, where you, you have okay. that. In, the, in all the original series and all that, they never talked about really. They only talked a little bit about the Clown War. This this is right deep right in, in it. it. Yeah. The, yeah. Whole, the whole concept well, with like, the spore drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the How they really brought in the... Well, I don't want to. Sp- there's a there's a big spoiler if I say the next part. I don't. Uh, I mean, so, you're talking about the era that's essentially around where Captain Garth was part of the Klingon War, which is what Axanar tried to do. Which I saw a video the other day of somebody that was just really excited about Axanar finally getting, um, finally getting produced. There's and, a lot of places in the pre-universe yeah. for ripe for exploration because Enterprise never got to explore that. Yeah, they didn't get to because this is only 10 years before the voyages that we see in the original series versus, you know, Enterprise was a whole hundred years before. It's exciting, yeah. it's fun, and it's still very intellectually satisfying. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, to me, it still feels very Trek. There are some great teachable moments as well as... Some moments where you're just like, okay, this is this is the heart of what Trek is. This is, you know, that hope for the future. Because even in Discovery, when it seemed like there was no hope, because, you know, they're fighting the Klingons, and they're losing, and losing in dramatic fashion, and they're continuing to lose ships, you know. You know, the crew was still hopeful that the Federation would survive. And, you know, I don't know. Well, I, us as the, the, um, the audience knows it survives. but Right. Yeah. But I, these characters don't. Yeah. I, uh... I wonder if there's a reverse thing. You know how they say as you get older, you get more, I don't know, you get more set, concretized or set in your ways and you want more the same and stuff like that. I wonder if there's an opposite to that. There are, there have been psychological studies done that show that as you get older, it's not so much that you're set in the way, in your ways, but you're less open to new ideas and new concepts. So when you're younger, you tend to accept new things but when you're older, you're like, I want what I already am familiar but, uh, with. But, I, but I, I wonder if there's an opposite to that because 
Yeah, me. What was I, the line I, from dinner? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll I don't know it what it is. And there was meat at dinner. That's it. what I remember. Yeah, it because it, I'm bored with with stuff that repeats. That's one of the reasons why I love Last Jedi because it really did just take the piss out of out of you know uh, everything you think Star Wars is about. Although I think Ryan Johnson makes a great case for it is actually what Star Wars is about, but the same thing with like Star Trek and stuff. If they had come along with just the continuation, you know, okay, this is five years after Voyager comes home. You know, it's like you wouldn't you. I don't think you'd have Discovery, right? Discovery is radically different in aesthetic and approach and all of these things that I find interesting i'm getting to the point where i don't want people to do you know what has been done before or even try to continue in that same vein i used to be right like, i just rehash all the old stuff right yeah i i mean well show that, me something new show that, me something interesting yeah and also just you know and changing the aesthetic it's like a, a new me. artist gets on an old comic yes and, and puts his own you know, and I think after 50 years of comics, I've sort of gotten to the point like, yeah, well, you know, new creator, let's see where they go with this. And it just, it isn't, the the, the fuss, if you don't like it, then you don't like it. But the, the whole, you're changing Star Trek or, you know, I mean, they, I've made some. And things have to change with the times. These things have to find a new audience. Yeah. And the new audience have had these old treks for ages and for the young crowd that's kind of cheesy stuff especially if you go back to the original series i'm i've watched probably the first season of the original series at this point and yeah there's really good stories in there but yeah against a modern eye that's cheese factor and if i'm seeing that a lot at my age 45 18 year old somebody is going to see it even heavier and then there's weird stuff like the time traveling space hippie or whatever the hell it was. Oh yeah, the hell was that episode called? There's oh, an I, episode. I have no idea. But just, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's the. What gives me hope, though, but even next generation in that ilk is old school storytelling. It's they don't tell TV shows like this anymore. So Trek has to change into the new aesthetic. What gives me hope, though, and it it's it's something that happened at a Star Trek convention. I was sitting there listening to Carl Urban, who plays Dr. McCoy in the, the Kelvin Timeline movies. Um, a young girl, couldn't have been more than about 12 years old, got up to ask a question, and she was in a, a classic series. wasn't even the movie version. It was a classic blue medical sciences dress okay mm -hmm. and she got up and um she asked her question and he stopped her and he's like he's like are you wearing she's like you're not wearing the dress from from our movie right is that's original series and she's like she's like yeah i discovered star trek through your movies and became fascinated with it and went back and watched all the other treks and i found that i really liked the original series kirk spock and mccoy and then you know, that really, truly led me to love that series and love your movies and then take it all in from there. And that's the kind of stuff that gives me hope. Yeah, and that's a fine point and, and a good argument to let things change because the JJ-verse, for the way people poo-poo on it, brought in a whole new bunch of eyes to Star Trek yep. who, when they 
thought that was cool. They looked back at the older stuff and found things they liked there as well or didn't. But that is the gateway to go back to the older stuff. And these new treks are going to be the same for younger eyes as well. Yeah, it, it, it's actually interesting. It's like when Lord of the Rings came out and a lot of people were unhappy with the changes in the movie and they were like, that's not the books. And it's like, I've actually met people who read the books because of the movies. And it's and for me, it's like for the people who would not read the books or wouldn't be interested anyway, they may or may not see the movie, but that really doesn't change their attitude towards the books. And I would even argue that the movies are as much of the core of the books as you could possibly fit in three three-hour yeah. movies. Yeah. For, I mean, for, sure, no. I read the books, and I, I I remember little things. I'm like, oh, yeah, they skipped this, they did this, they mm-hmm. couldn't condense the time that this actual event happened and so forth. But Tom Bombadil. Yeah, yeah and I'll say it. Fuck Tom Bombadil. <laughs> <laughs> and Actually... Um, Matt Colville, I think it's Matt Colville, who did one of the videos, and he did a brief thing about Tom Bombadil, and he made a great case for why it's there and why it should be there. It was actually pretty amazing. Mm. Uh, I was kind of floored by it, but um, I, I wanted to ask to the monkeys, and I had this like 10 minutes ago, and I, my brain has gotten muddled, but I think I remember what I... Jeff, you said something about, or we were talking something about the you you get the the continuation, the reboot or something, and it's not as good. Where the hell were we on that? I, um, I can't I can't remember because my question is: Is there anything? Can the shock monkeys name anything where where it? It was. It is actually demonstrably better. Like a reboot was better than the original. Uh, yeah, but I got one for you, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, That's a fine example. Yeah, uh. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I don't think that way about all reboots because, mm-hmm. I mean, the the Turtles was just uh, the the writing and producing behind it is what doomed it. I think because they were going for the whole spectacle thing as opposed to. A lot of movies in a that, platinum dunes movie. I can't imagine. <laughs> a lot of movies that I tend to not like suffer from not having a competent storyline and not having any character development. And if you don't have those two things, or at least one of those two things, it's just not very engaging. I want to be drawn into a movie. I mean, even if it's just a fun action romp, I want to be drawn into it and forget that I'm in the movies or, you know, in a theater for, you know, a two-hour period. I want to be, I want to engage. Engage. Andy, what did you have to say? You pointed to me twice on something. We mentioned Battlestar Galactica. We mentioned Vernon. You need to tell the Vernon story. Uh, oops, which Vernon story? Uh, where, where I was trying to talk to him about watching. Oh, uh, Jesus right. Christ. <laughs> is, is this by chance something we can say for later? Or is this sure. a, no, we can say this. with what we've said already? Uh, uh, no, it doesn't tie in with what it. we okay. said at all. Because we got to get the spoiler talk. Oh, and by uh, the way, Andy, yeah, we do. I think the line was, I'm not sure what it is, but I really want to see it. That's it. That's what I said. Yeah. So, if you have not seen Spider-Verse and Aquaman at this point, we'll be talking spoilers on both films. So, Continue on if you want to be spoiled, but uh, join us later for this segment. Come back and once you've seen it. Gentlemen, 
Let's start with uh, one I've actually seen. Spider-Verse. I haven't seen it. So. Spider- okay. <laughs> well, I've just got to pull it out of the air. No. I wish I knew as much about Spider-Man as whoever the writers were for this movie knew. <laughs> because there's a lot packed into that movie that I only have a... A mild amount of knowledge about. You're right. That is a movie small. thick with things. But and that's also coming from somebody who's really a DC fan and kind of only has a passing knowledge of all things Marvel. So that didn't stop me from enjoying the movie. Though. No, 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 it didn't did. stop me from enjoying it either. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, there's a lot of really interesting, touching moments in that movie. Um, just the characters are I Miles Morales I, I I'm stealing this from somebody else's review I think is the most interesting character in there I mean he's the one that the movie centers around but he's almost more interesting when he doesn't have the mask on when than when he has the mask on and is trying to be Spider-Man you're just really kind of seeing this you know a lot of times you have the movies about the reluctant hero. This is somebody that actually wants to be a hero and doesn't know how to go about doing it. He has all the tools necessary, doesn't know how to use them. So This was probably one of the best superhero origin movies I've ever seen. Part of that being that it's also not a superhero origin movie. It's it's already have all these established heroes yeah. that you only get hints of and using those little dropping comic books to show the little quick snippets of origin was a goddamn choice of genius yeah. using original ditko stuff as yes. he's reading this kid named billy who's uh you know trying to uh, unstick from the walls and stuff like that yes was just that was that was that was great i also found it amusing that they didn't ignore the the you know the previous sam raimi films and even made fun of he's uh, like and i did this too but we don't talk about that the, the, whole dancing, the dancing thing yeah. so uh, a, a a triumph of substance and style yes. messed together because you can't yes. discuss this movie without discussing its style. I liked the animation style, um, especially when you kind of saw the the dot patterns making the color very mm-hmm. comic booky. I will say I did not like the herky jerky movement when it's the normal. Now I did notice that they amped up the frame rate when they get into action sequences, probably because they've found that higher frame rates reduce nausea in film-going audiences. So um, the the motion was much more smooth when they were in an action sequence, but when they were just talking, you got that kind of jerky that I wasn't a fan of. I I only noticed it at the beginning. From then on, I was... My my eyes were completely attuned to it, so Mm -hmm. I I didn't really see it afterwards. Uh, I, what I loved about this was just a lot of really just small, sometimes still instant moments that were just like an enjoyable thing if you caught it. And I'm sure I missed a whole hell of a lot in this movie oh, for yeah. how many of those things were. Uh, a lot of comic book things where it uses some automatopoeia where, you know, the biff, bam, boom stuff that right. it would be the word when something happened. But my absolute favorite was when one of the characters tosses a bagel at a dude's head. And it, the then the bagel it bounces off it. The automata appeal was bagel. Just a little <laughs> yeah. couple lines that just said bagel as yeah. it struck him. And it was glorious. And 
there was that wonderful moment when he takes that first leap off the building and that whole ah scream as it's going down, the onomatopoeia yeah. of the ah scream. And then when he jumps off later on as an intent and finally embracing his powers, it recreated that scene going up with onomatopoeia, like a woohoo going up. And it, just that great, beautiful comic book callback. It was watching a comic book unfold on the screen. When, you know, he became, when he gets the powers, there, you, you see his thought bubbles as he's talking. Yeah. In the same vein, I love when Peter B. Parker, when they're escaping um, in the woods, is teaching him how to web swing. And he's like, he's actually saying, now thwip yes. and release. And at the same time as he's saying thwip, you see thwip. you're seeing the, the thwip right next to their wrists as they're doing this. And we're in spoiler talk, so. Definitely. I got to say, the, the death of the... Parker Prime in this world was very surprising. Yeah, yes. I was I was shocked by that too. I was not expecting that at all. And uh, I love how imposing they drew Wilson Fisk. Oh, yeah, just this big, massive blob of a human being. They, I, I that think took I said up it last the screen. Time. Yeah, took up the whole screen with his little head in the middle of yes. it. Yes, oh. except I couldn't figure out how he got out of that suburban when he got to the lab. <laughs> it's like it's like he was in the car and suddenly he was out of the car and he was bigger than the car. Clown <laughs> car technology. I guess yeah. so. That's some proper comic book stuff, right yeah. there. Uh, is there anybody here that did not tear up in the Stan Lee scene? Oh my God, I mm. I. It hit me hard, and I don't know if it's just the the notion of loss and you know seeing somebody just, that, that just, we lost recently, and then you know taking back to losing my mom recently. Sure, but I when that happened, I my hand went over my mouth, and I literally started bawling in the theater. Uh huh. I me mean, too. I was I was whimpering. <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time. When he says the suit eventually fits, yeah, the person that wears it, 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 it always <sighs> fits eventually. Yeah. I was just like. Yeah. There's definitely something wrong with my eyes right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Lee's voice is one of the last. Yeah, yep. it was, it was one, one of the last, last things right? he yeah. did. And kudos to Sony for not letting it slip that that was in there cuz mm-hmm. I I guess part of the logical brain in me was thinking, okay, well, Stan's gone, there's not going to be any more and being surprised by that cameo at such a critical moment in the film just uh yeah, I liked that the film introducing the whole Spider Verse, a whole bunch of Spider people I didn't know. Yes, I, I really I knew Miles, I knew Mar- Miles Morales is Spider Man in some universe, but I don't know anything about the character. I've seen plenty of Spider Gwen merchandise, and I had no idea who she was. Loved her. Um, I really want. I said it before. I want to hunt down those Marvel Noir stories. Yeah, because I didn't know about that one. The, yeah. the Spider Noir. No, it's a whole Marvel Noir. Oh, it's a whole Marvel Noir. Okay, yeah. so not just Spider Man. No. Yeah, that and that was really funny. Sitting, I'm. I alluded to it last week. The the whole, is that Nicholas Cage? No, that's <laughs> that's Offerman. No, that's Nicholas Cage. No, that's who the hell is that? That's Nicholas Cage. And then finally, his name came up in the credits, and I was like, holy! I mackerel. couldn't. The credits, at least in my theater, scrolled by so quickly. They I were fast. I couldn't see who was who. So I meant to check IMDb when I got home. To, to verify because I saw that it said and Nick Cage at the end and I couldn't figure out which character yeah. he was so he was the the noir Spider-Man then yeah okay. so it was great use of the Prowler 
I oh, love yes. just how the Prowler and that yeah. must that must be the Prowler in the Miles of Morales yeah, universe. Yeah. That must that, be that he's that the followed the story there pretty close mm-hmm. actually, because um, that was part of the Bendis new universe, right? The the uh, the Marvel uh, oh oh slide. oh um, Morales was. You know what? I, I think he was Ultimates, and now he's been pulled into the main I universe with I the I guess so, because he came along later. Yes. Because uh, the, the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man was originally right. Peter Parker. And I loved the two Peter Parkers, because one reflected the happy-go-lucky, happy superhero Spider-Man, but the other reflected the Spider-Man in the low times. And so it was sort of like a split in the duality, which the is older, really more uh, life beaten, life beaten, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I love how they named him Peter B. Parker, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's nice. cute, it's a good move. Yeah, and that if the film film is just full of cleverness, full of heart. It is a universe I want to play in again and again. So I'm so glad they're working on another Miles Morales, yeah. film and, and in the same vein and as i've said i want to see lots more animation than that stuff oh my god yes yeah, yeah. very stylish yeah. great use of kirby dots yeah. oh god, kirby yes. dots all over the fucking place yeah, i can't I remember if i said it. this here or not but the um sorry uh the movie the 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 striking change in the way the animation was done is is akin to what sinkovich did when he started getting crazy in the new mutants I mean, it's just like a totally different direction, and suddenly I want to see lots. I, I like animation, but I don't want to you know, run out and see everything. I want to see everything in this format. Oh my god, yes! Oh, and I want to see a lot more superhero movies animated, whether it's CGI or the hand-drawn CGI combination. I don't mm-hmm. care. You can get away with so much more because you don't have to worry about building things in a budget. Mm-hmm. You can just draw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. just so good. One, my one pet peeve Give it. that I had was the uh, the whole, uh, Miles, we don't want you to go. We'll take care of this. And he was like, but I can do it. And then he, he goes in between doubt and he can do it. Doubt and he can do it. And it was, and the trope of, you know, no, no, you've got to stay here. We'll take care of it. It uh was to me a little forced because okay, it was like he he was showing himself as somewhat capable and part of the whole thing is learning the ropes and the even at you guys are going to have to convince me that Peter B Parker was believable when he told M- Miles trust me forget about it don't don't put on the suit or remember when they were first talking and he's like, don't do it. Just just walk away. Because Peter's whole lesson was that if you walk away, terrible things happen anyway. And so for him, even at his lowest to tell Miles, just walk away, he knows that walking away is is not going to solve I think thing. that's an indication of how broken Peter B is. I don't know. You you really really have to convince me of that because because he walked away and Ben died. So um to to you have to convince me that he believes that walking away and letting things like his uncle Ben being killed is preferable to what he's been through. And there was nothing in there that I I saw. That that made me believe that. 
So I understand what you're saying in terms of like screenwriting 101, but it didn't work for me at all. I telling, telling him. I even the broken Peter who doesn't want the responsibility. He doesn't want the accountability. He doesn't want to handle with that. At some point, even if he doesn't want to train Miles, he's got to realize he's got to put on the suit and go to work because it it it's just going to follow him. Okay. There's no way to hide it. That yeah. was the thing that bugged me. All right. So that's our Spider-Man talk. Let's talk Aquaman. Now, Great movie. I'll be stepping out of this and let you guys run this one because I did not see it. So go ahead. Um. It's a great movie. It's it's yeah. It's being overshadowed in Nerd World by by Spider Man. I don't think it, it is. It's made over a billion. It, no, this no, week no, is hitting billion dollars conversationally worldwide. Oh right, right. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it is right up there with Wonder Woman. It's not up as far as Wonder Woman, but it's certainly way above anything else that has been out there for the um, DCU. Yeah, and um, a character that nobody cares about has a ridiculous it's amazing. costume. It's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you think not having that baggage is what really helped? Uh, I, I think, think it's writing, and I think it's Momoa. I was yeah, gonna say, casting, I think it's casting a really good Aquaman. So I think it's, I think it's a combination of, like what you said, uh, a character that nobody really cares about, um, being portrayed very well by a good actor that has taken on the role. Good writing because you've got Jeff Johns, who is one of the co-writers on the actual storyline as well as the screenplay and it's presented in such a way that this character that has often been kind of shunned and teased you know oh what's with the stupid orange and and green and talks to fish and and yeah and talks to fish and presenting those those elements in an interesting way and you know with kind of also the coming of age story you know we've already seen the hero in action and now you've actually seen more development of that character becoming even more of a hero because he now has to embrace not only the surface world that he really wants to be the representative for, but also representing the world beneath the ocean. So he's embracing both worlds together and becoming even more of a hero. Really good use of flashbacks. Okay. I mean, yes. if you... If you'd if you jammed all those the flashback stuff into one thing in the beginning, yes. that would have been a slog. Minor gripe with the flashbacks. I have to admit, DC Warner's not quite as good as the at the de aging as as Disney is right now, but not so much that it was overly distracting. Okay. Um, you have a who in particular? Well, um, the I thought guy? Nicole Kidman looked a little off, okay. and also. Uh, Django uh, Fett. Django Fett. Thank you. <laughs> the guy, the guy that plays Django Fett, that Tim also Moira. plays, yeah. um, plays uh, Arthur's father. But everything else, I, I thought. I mean, like I said, after a couple minutes, I just kind of accepted it and moved on. But, mm. but at, at first, when I saw Nicole Kidman, I'm like, this something looks a little off because she's she's still pretty decent looking now without the little CG de aging. So I think they could have done it through just makeup. But you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, Ocean I'll, Master. I love yeah, that character. There you go. I loved Ocean Master. That mask no. worked so unbelievably yeah, well. Yeah. I was shocked by that because I'm like, I'm like, that's that's gonna look so goofy when he puts it on, yeah. and then he oh, put it, it on. And I was like, I was like, Damn. okay, not not goofy. I'm I'm buying it. 
That actor is good, though, too. He was in the uh, Conjuring universe. Uh, yeah. The Father, I believe. Okay. Yes. I like yeah. that actor. But yeah, well, he was in he's good. Watchmen, too. So. Oh, yeah. What was he in Watchmen? He was the owl. Really? Yeah. I know. I know. Wow. You don't recognize him, but yeah. Huh. What, it wasn't it also, uh, shit, the other horror thing. Uh, but he was he was the original Night Owl, or he was the the second Night Owl. The second Night Owl. Wow, I can't remember the the damn series. One of the one of the uh, horror series that that came out uh, in the last five six years. The librarians. So, um, but uh, yeah, he did a great oh, job. Sorry. The costume and armor and everything looked. Looked absolutely awesome. Again, which could have looked, I mean. Yeah, uh, it could have looked ridiculous. Orange chainmail. Come on. But it worked. Yeah. And, it looked and, really good. And all the Atlantean armor is like, oh, that does cool. And whatever they did, I guess it's probably animation. The mm-hmm. the capes flowing in the water was does look cool. Well, and the hair, and too. And the hair, too, yeah. The yeah. subtle, yeah, as they're standing there talking and the, the hair is slowly mm-hmm. moving in the current. Um, I loved how colorful Atlantis was. Especially when they're talking about, you know, when Arthur's talking about his ability to see underwater and discovering that, and they kind of do that wipe from from right to left where you go from that kind of murky dark to all of a sudden he could yeah. see everything yeah. underwater. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought that was fascin, you know, fascinating and just beautiful. Um, Did you like the Black Manta character? I actually liked Black Manta. That was an interesting take I that thought worked. It, yeah, yeah, I thought it could be... I thought when I saw little bits of him in the you know the the clips that I had seen up to seeing the movie I'm like this is a character that's just not going to work I don't know how they're going to make well, him Well his reverse engineering the Atlantean technology yes. I was like that's kind of cheat I was like eh. Really? No. Yeah, I, I, I it it worked for me. I kind of liked it cuz it's like oh well that's where that came from that makes yeah. you know There's a complaint about some of the Marvel movies where the villains motivation is they're evil the motivation for all the villains. Oh, of this singular motivation so, for him was just you let my father die. I right, that's what you. I'm saying. Yeah, well, he, yeah, yeah he blamed him yeah. for his death. He's yeah. like, you killed my father, and like, well, technically, he just didn't save your father, and uh, so yeah, I get that. And uh, I did also find the choice to spare um, Ocean Master at the end. Because it certainly looked like I, I started to think they, they actually tricked me on this. I started to think I'm like, here we go. He's gonna stab him with the trident and you know take the throne. And I got fooled into thinking that was what was gonna happen. And then when he spared him and it says you're my brother, I still want to get the chance to know you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was like, oh. And that whole smirk, like he really becomes a hero at that point. Like, He's get, like, "I want to talk to you later," and he kind of just smirks. It's like, "Oh, Aquaman too." <laughs> it's like yeah. right there. I was like, oh. "So yeah, I uh, you know preserve that moment, folks." Jeff got fooled by a script. I was thinking the same thing. Mm. <laughs> Fool me once, don't get fooled again. Yeah, it was the yeah, that that was cool. It's that Atlantean thing. thing? No, maybe it's a surface world thing, but I, I know it's a Atlantean thing. Fool man can't get fooled. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I liked Mara and stuff that she did, but I, the relationship was kind of weird. Forced? Which is something Paulette brought up at dinner. Yes. And, and I would counter that it sure seems like she was feeling something he wasn't because he definitely was treating her more like, you know, kid sister style. Right. 
And, you know, because Paulette brought up the whole kiss. It's like, that was like one of the most awkward kisses. Came out of nowhere. You know, where's this relationship development? I'm like, well, you saw his reaction after she kissed him. It was just kind of like, it wasn't like, a, wow, that was romantic. Awesome. I enjoy that. It was more like, um, I don't really know you that well and you're kissing me. So I don't really feel that way about you. That's the kind of look I, I thought he had on his mm-hmm. face at that point. And then, you know, went back into the battle. But, uh, um, yeah. And, and as Paul had said, mid battle kiss, kind of a little weird. That stuff doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's just like, you know, we might die here. Let's kiss. Yeah. And then go back to killing. And I think that, you know, it sounded to me like just that was her motivation. She's like, this could be the last time I see you. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I should felt, at least yeah. take the shot. And, he didn't necessarily and rebuff he friend zoned her. But yeah, it did feel like he kind of friend zoned her because you saw at the end of the film when he's hugging her, you know, doing the side hug thing and he kisses her on the top of the head as opposed to, you know, trying to do what a lot of times the heroes of the movie do is lay the full on Go for know, the tongue. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now, now that <laughs> that perspective I I can kind of respect if they made that choice as writers and directors because that leaves something to happen yeah. in Aquaman 2 as opposed to them ending up in each other's arms and the, the relationship is established at the end of the first movie. There's something to do in the second, which I have to say I respect because one of the big problems with these franchise movies is they tend to do everything in the first movie and then the second movie right they 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 struggle really hard to find out where the fuck to go and it would make sense based on how they established each character he's he's perspective is you know if i'm gonna fall in love with somebody and i'm gonna fall in you know if i'm gonna be with somebody it's gonna be because i'm in love with them etc based on you know how he saw his parents versus her being the very devoted to Atlantis and Atlantean tradition. And it's like, oh, he's now the king, so now I should probably be with the king. And it was more like, we're not there yet. I don't know you yet. Yes, this might be your way, but it's not my way. That's that's kind of my perspective on you know, that whole situation, just based on the way the characters were presented up to that point. Mm. Dolph Lundgren being in the movie, like that I was, was like, pretty, I was that was like, pretty Damn, awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty awesome. Just on technical, I mean the uh, the choreography of the rooftop fight was yes. amazing. That was yeah, I and mean, not the, to mention when they kept zooming from the Black Manta and Arthur Curry fight over to Mara and the guards, right? The elite guards, just like that, the way they kept transitioning back and forth. And it wasn't like just jump cuts. It was literally like the camera flies over to the other. Yep. And still picking up all the action. I thought that was just amazing. Mm -hmm. Any other thoughts on Aquaman, guys? Sorry about the spoiler talk, but it's your fault. Wonder wonder what's going to happen with the DCEU. I know, yeah. Because, I mean... It's making good money. You know, yeah. They they, Hasn't it broken Wonder Woman's record? Yes. Yeah. Uh, That happened like... A week and a half ago. Yeah, so... The two best movies were the two solo films. Yeah, and and, um, Wonder Woman was a good good move, and I think because it was a solo movie, it wasn't burdened by all sorts of stuff for Justice League coming out of Man of Steel, and, and this was definitely not burdened, and they found... They kind of found their approach to DC movies. So knowing that things have stopped and everything, it's sort of 
I mean, I. It's too I, I bad. Don't, I don't want to sound like I'm bagging on Brian Singer or not Brian Singer. Excuse me. <laughs> um. Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder. Thank you. My brain went in a weird direction there. I don't want to sound like I'm bagging on Zack Snyder, but I think the approaches that their writers for Wonder Woman and Aquaman took were more in line with kind of the theme and the feel of those characters than the way Man of Steel and Batman v Superman represented. They got the tone right. Yes, they, they well not not even just the tone, but like everything, you know, the way the characters walk and hold themselves. So yeah, it's it just it felt like it was so much more than just the tone. Um, you know, yes, Batman is dark, brooding, etc. That's that's the core of the character. Even when he's quote unquote healed in the comics, he still tends to revert back to that dark, broody nature. Unfortunately, Superman doesn't work that way, and I think Man of Steel was maybe not the best way to present that character and then roll it into Batman v Superman. The motivations behind the character just didn't seem right, and then rolling into Justice League, you know, say what you will about it, I think the way that they took Justice League actually worked better. Unfortunately, it kind of skewed from Snyder's game plan for all of the films. But I think it also plays more into where they decided to go with Wonder Woman and Aquaman than if they had continued to follow the Snyder template. So what's left in this? I mean, there's a Flash movie, right? Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 Mm -hmm. is the next slated film. But that's the last slated film. So they don't have a Flash movie lined up. I thought it's, they it's did. Kinda, it's it's kind of it's kind of nebulous right hold. now. They keep the the directors keep uh, bailing. Ah, it's not shelved. It's just kind of in development hell right now. And there was some talk about a cyborg movie. That's that one. That's definitely shelved for yeah. right now. Uh, the ones we know going forward is the separate Joker movie. Uh, there is uh, uh, guns. Suicide Squad 2, and then there is the Harley Quinn spinoff movie. That is also going forward for sure. Oh, they are definitely going forward with that. Then. Yeah. Okay. Th- that much we do know. She was very popular. Well, and um, yeah, the actress... Um, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie really pushed hard for a solo film, so... I'm just... I'm kind of surprised and grateful so Let me drop these fucking it. guys. I want to play this song. Oh, that's that's a complicated character, and it's very easy to portray that character the wrong way. I mean, that's it's a broken character. So, getting a solo film might show some of these audiences are like, "Oh yeah, Harley Quinn, she's so awesome, and she's so in love with the Joker, and it's a great love story." I was like, "No, it's a terrible love story." Yeah. In fact, the Joker never really cares about her so much as just uses her. Yeah, I know. Repeatedly. So I am anyway. sad Affleck's gone. Because I liked his Batman. I liked I did too. Him, I Bruce thought, Wayne. I thought that slightly older, you know, definitely closer to Dark Knight. It, it's sad he never got a chance to actually do a Batman movie. Yeah. yeah. The he, solo he, film. He, yeah, he became a uh, secondary player in the whole thing. So it would have been neat to see where they went with that. But what are your thoughts on these movies? Go ahead and throw it on the Shock Monkeys layer or write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. 
Torgo.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. Hashtag oh. wasn't us. Oh, you know what? Actually, I'm wrong, Andy. Uh, Shazam comes out in oh, April. Shazam. Oh, Shazam. Right. Shazam's part of that universe. And then... Which Wonder is Woman definitely shed the grim DC. Mm-hmm. That preview looks fun. It, it does. does. Looks crazy. Um, I saw the extended trailer in my movie, and okay. <laughs> it had a lot of fun little moments. And I'm like, I think this could be really good. Yeah. I, and and who's the main I bad guy? Black Adam. Um, I'm or not who's sure. Who's the bad guy in this? Oh, yeah. I think I'm it's not Sylvana, sure. Doctor Sylvana. Yeah, I, I think uh, Black Adam's getting his own movie. And then okay. they're doing yeah, because the and then they're doing the Mister Mind movie. Because uh, Black Adam is the Rock, right? Yeah, I just know so that, that movie is definitely going to happen. They yeah. could have easily made it a ridiculous movie, like it'd just be completely silly. But this looked like silly fun, as in you know, here's a young kid dis- dis- discovering his powers, and you know, kind of the coming of age, like, like a DC Deadpool. Yeah. Maybe. Not not the dark humor. The funny slapstick. Lighter like lighter yeah. humor. Not not so sta- slapsticky and dark humor like Deadpool. It, so yeah, you, know, looking... you know what it is? It's superhero big. Tom Hanks yeah. is big. Yes. Mm. That's what it is. And so and that's the tone this movie seems to be taking. So I'm all on board for that. Yeah, I'm looking forward pitch. to the Captain Marvel and the other Captain Marvel. Yes. Absolutely. For he went and married Lydia. 